0: Previously on Something Who. Welcome to the podcast where we take something old, a Doctor Who story from the original series, compare it with something new, one from the new series, and add something borrowed to make Something Who. Hello, I'm Richard. It's been a few weeks since the last one, but we're back with Something Who podcast as we discuss a couple of Doctor Who stories with musical content. First, we'll chew over seventh Doctor story, Delta and the Bannerman from season 24. And after that, we'll examine 11th Doctor story Rings of Akaten from the second half of Series 7. And with me to sing their praises or chorus our disapproval, we have a great lineup, headed up by our special guest, former DWM editor Gary Gillett. Thank you for having me. Okay, and next up is science and astronomy writer Giles. So, hi Giles. Hello. Long time no see. Yeah, indeed. And then we've got 3D artist, writer, and researcher Gav, who we borrowed from Dalek 63 to 88 about a year or so ago and somehow forgot to return. Hi Gav. <laughs>
1: Hello. You will release me back into the wild at some point, won't you?
0: Maybe. And, uh, and finally, it feels like ages since the last one for most of us, but it's even longer since we've had the full team on the podcast. So welcome back to writer, raconteur and missing episodes <laughs> podcaster, Paul. Um, hello. Hello. So and next we move on to Rings of Akaten by Neil Cross. It's directed by Farron Blackburn, who also re- directed The Doctor, The Witch in the Wardrobe about 18 months before, or maybe it was mm. a bit less than that in actuality. So it's 2013, we're in the run up to the 50th anniversary, Stephen Moffat's promised more Doctor Who than ever before, uh, although <laughs> nobody can ever, ever find that quote. Our lives are about to be overtaken by the Omni rumor, and we're just into the second half of the Split Series Seven. Gary, I think you had some further musings on that thought.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, sort of my fault. You're you're watching this, When we discussed what we might do, I pointed out that I'd never seen this story. Yeah, and this was not out of any kind of moodiness on my point. It's clear I, I was not kind of like off the show in some way because. Looking at my phone, the best way to find out how you're spending any time now is to look through your camera phone pictures for Mm -hmm. any day of the last 15 years. And I can see I was having a nice afternoon out with friends. I obviously missed it, and then I think I got back. And by that point, there'd been a a bad response to it. So I didn't rush to catch up. And then it was just rolled over with the next episode. But I'd just been on set for Adventure in Space and Time for Ah. the magazine... So my fan gene was, was buzzing. I think two days after Akate was on, I was walking to work crossing Trafalgar Square to discover them lowering the TARDIS on a crane for the opening scenes of of the wow. anniversary special and, and, and everyone was sort of stood around. Oh so it it was all sort of going on and of course yeah. the Omni Rumour was in full flight. Part of that I think really spread through a conversation that me and Tom Spilsby had in a pizza express, and there was literally someone at the table behind us, leaning further and further back, and it was all on, on our post Califray the next day. It was literally the conversation where I went, sorry, what, you mean they found everything? <laughs> <laughs> so it was all go. I, I was up for it, but I it just kind of... it it passed me by and it continued to do. And then I kind of liked the idea that I had an episode still to watch Mm. and it sort of kept me warm. And uh, so, but I've spoiled that for this. I've spoiled that for you. Thank you. So it means that this week I've managed to watch a brand new episode of Doctor Who that I largely enjoyed. So that's, (laughs) that's, that's, that's something for Easter week. Excellent. Excellent. A 50% success rate on the month. Is that?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: I have a lot of gripes and, and various nitpicks and some fairly negative sounding things to say about this story. But the reality is that I was entertained and it made me laugh and it looked great. And I would watch it again at some point, despite, you know, wanting to pick it apart needlessly. But mm-hmm. I found it weird structurally. It opens with the Clara Heavy stuff and then gets fun and they go through the, the Star Wars Cantina style <laughs> alien bit and it's great. And then it gets into the boring singing stuff. And before you know it, you're 20 minutes in. You're halfway through this episode and there's no jeopardy. There's Mm. no threat. Mm. There's no mystery. There's no hook. And I think that's why I've never fully engaged with it. By the halfway point of the story, I would hope that there's some kind of thrilling mystery to unravel. Uh, there's a minor bit of jeopardy where you discover that the, the girl doesn't want to do the thing that she's supposed to do, but then she's told, you'll be fine, mm. and she goes away and does it. And then from that, mm-hmm. it's suddenly all finale. Uh, it changes gear to the point where everything's suddenly the end of... I was going to say the end of the world, not sh- quite sure what it's the end of. And then you've got the big speech, which I actually didn't find as tedious this time as I did previously. <laughs> and that, but, but it's a false start, and then you get the second ending. But for yes. all the spectacle mm. at the end, it's surrounded by this very muddy setup. Structurally, you never fully understand what's at stake, what the mechanics of this world are. You get given the bloke in the chair, and you think he's the threat, and then you're told he's just the alarm clock, whatever that means. Mm. And they're singing, and they're singing to keep him asleep, but, but, but really the singing is about the stories, and they want to... F- his soul, but they actually want to. Uh, so I, mm, I get frustrated by not being able to sort of locate myself in the geography of the plot, which goes suddenly from nothing happening to everything happening, none of which I understand, and then it suddenly is over, and it just feels a bit disjointed. Do you think? Or, or two
4: hadn't if had it hadn't had enough, I was. It's very <laughs> unusual
1: for this era.
4: Uh, I was wondering how Moffat led it through because, unless this of course mm. is one that he wasn't able to touch because Neil Cross is a
2: showrunner It's not co-credited, is it? Is it like, like No, no. Well, He hadn't, like would become he hadn't the... started doing that by then, had he? No, no. that would become the norm perhaps because of things like this
1: <laughs> Well one of the things I thought, because I'd, I'd made notes that, that basically said that once you get past the, the Clara Parent stuff, it gets interesting and then it ramps up and you've got an ending and that's fine and then the second ending that calls back to Clara's parents I don't like it mm. and it makes the ending stumble and then I read up and discovered that all of the Clara's parents stuff including the second ending was an addition put forward by Steve Moffat wow. mm. so Moffat wanted Clara's parents injecting into the start and that resulted in the ending being related to Clara's memories mm. when it should have been the doctor's ending In Neil Cross's version. So I thought it was quite interesting that the misgivings I had felt about it structurally turned out to be the uh, it it was showing its workings Mm.
0: But the the whole thrust about this part of the of the era is that Moffat is directing all of his efforts at the 50th anniversary special isn't Mm. he? And and, and it's a hell of a job for him to write that. Neil Cross has already written the one that comes later in the series Yeah and and he's given this thing of, look, we've got one that needs writing, you need to go off and write it, and Moffat's not available. I mean, there's Caroline Skinner, I mean, I mean, maybe she's able to give him a hand or something, I don't know. But but fundamentally, um, no, she's not a writer though, is she? And then Moffat comes, but yeah, as you say, right back at the end and, and fiddles with it, I suppose, just before it goes into production
2: what slipped my mind was was where it was all set for clara i i kind of thought of it as like a a mid a mid-life story for her but it's it's her first trip in the tardis it's it's her it's her end of the world story Mm. so it's the start for clara but it's henna coleman's fourth episode Mm. that that we've seen her in but it, it does only make me think of how much better End of the World is because of that mm. extra element of kind of alienation that Rose has, that kind of culture shock, the lost in translation kind of mm. thing that they play there, which which I don't think they ever, ever try to do again. Mm. I mean, Clara just comes and takes all this in, in her stride. I don't think she's ever scared, ever she she runs off after that girl like it's the most natural thing. She's been at this all her life, and and and, and it's it's a very peppy kind of character. But um, I'm just kind of lost with her. She's new but assured, and mm. and I think it's that kind of. I I never gelled with her all the way through. I, I never knew who she was or or, mm. or why she was so good at it.
4: Yeah.
1: There was nothing in the mid part of the story that suggested what point in their relationship this story took place. If it hadn't been for those one or two references about the doctor saying that she was a mystery, I would have struggled to orientate myself mm-hmm. in, her, in, in, the, in the timeline of her character development. Whereas you compare that to Rose in The End of the World, where, yeah, she's, she's very green. She's, she's alarmed by everything and she grows as the adventures go on. But the, the other interesting comparison to The End of the World is that that story is about Rose's world coming to an end. So it has the emotional resonance of her sort of mm. questioning what humanity's mm. fate is. And mm. there's, a, you know, there's a tiny little environmental thing in there as well. But it's all about the Doctor trying to impress her with the end of the world. And it's literally the destruction of her planet, and he just thinks it's a big wheeze. Whereas Clara has no connectivity to the Akaten location, so it's kind of divorced of any any real reward for her in terms of her investment. So they have to sort of manufacture this connection to this little girl instantly, so that she has something to root for in this world. Because otherwise, what have you got? You've got a dog barking mm. bloke and other weird alien head people.
2: I'm not even sure how much the Doctor is interested in Clara as a person, because he's not really sort mm. of chosen her. He's, he's trying to solve this mystery yeah, at, at yeah. the start. So mm. he's quite he's quite a distance from us. So, so she's not like Rose that way, he kind of offers her the chance to kind of see ev- everything in that same way. And another odd callback to Rose is is the dad almost being run over in the 80s. Oh yes. Which yeah, is yeah. An, an oddly specifically similar thing. Obviously he's not, because he's saved by, by a passing leaf mm. like, <laughs> like so often happens.
5: <laughs>
2: and then the mum dies as well, which is very odd. Mm. Killed yeah. by Autons, I imagine, by the date. Because she dies on the uh. date of the, fir- <laughs> the <laughs> first <laughs> nice. episode
1: yeah the other dates on the headstones were 23rd of November 1963 in in the other story about Clara's family history mm. so I never occurred to me that the um did the broadcast date of Rose had a plot mum, element in yeah. that was relevant.
2: Killed by a wheelie bin. You, you never see much of the wheelie bin <laughs> aspect of that story. <laughs> <laughs> there can't have just been one. Perhaps no. there, was the, 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 there was a shop window, and also, because this is Blackpool as well, you're far more likely to be killed by a wheelie bin than a dummy, <laughs> I'll tell you that. I, I, I can imagine the promenade full of ravening dustbins, and that's what did yeah. for, for Rose's mum. And we, but I don't think they ever go back to that no. That she's that, that she's uh, we, we see her weird family again, and they seem ever changing in, 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 mm. in endless different houses. She seems to live, live in a mansion yes. at some point, and then a flat at another point, And all of this mm. stops you being kind of connected to Clara.
5: Mm.
2: And then the doctor goes back to see her as a little girl, that's a bit odd as well. Mm. Lurking around that, yeah. that playground, yeah, just <laughs> <She's> hanging <laughs> around the playground and wait to befriend a like, of girl. Delta and Billy and that you know again <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's another comparison link. yeah that's a really interesting point about the, the doctor's interest in in Clara it's a thing Russell T Davis writes very emotional stories and Stephen Moffat tends to write very intellectual stories so it's a fascinating point that Russell writes his doctor getting emotionally invested in Rose, and it's a really good point you make that that the doctor's interest in Clara is is a purely intellectual one. It, she's just a puzzle that he wants to solve. He doesn't he doesn't care about her, as far as we know.
2: Yeah at, it, yeah, at this point, it's yeah. At this point, it 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 grows. One one presumes, but but they're straight into that kind of, um, I. It's a kind of TARDIS team. So I hate the phrase TARDIS team. It's a kind of TARDIS team mm-hmm. that that I've never liked. There's two. Fam, don't you? There's two. <laughs> Famalam, It's <There's> too <laughs> confident and too flip when they mm-hmm. overload it with that kind of screwball dialogue that's intended to kind of charm us, but it, it's so close to smugness, and it's what happens with Rose and the Tenth Doctor as well. They're kind of bantering away a about how kind of great that they are, and you just mm. feel distance from it. And that, and that exchange between where they're choosing where to go at the start it's structured like it's funny and they play it like comedy but it's not actually funny you know it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck but so does a man in a duck costume with a duck (laughs) saying quack it's that sort of thing so it, it never quite comes off and it's this odd resistance they had to making the companion a normal person clara is like amy only more so And when Stephen eventually gets it right, he does so with Bill, I think, who is Mm. normal, just as Russell Mm. had, Mm. I think, his greatest success with Catherine Tate, when they kind of stripped it all back and just made it like someone to puncture his pomposity, not not kind of magnify it in that kind of screwball way. Anyway.
1: Yeah, there's a scene that works really well in the middle of this, where they're facing the fact that they have no idea what to do and how to progress, and that that has some charm to it because neither of them are showboating. They're both alarmed and reacting in a very sort of honest way. Mm. And, and Clara comes across as very human and humanizes the Doctor as he struggles to work out what to do next. And there's not enough of it.
3: Is that just after the alarm clock goes off, as it were? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I I I thought that was. I made a note mm. that that was a, another reminder of just how damn good Matt Smith was at times
1: his performance in this is is weird in places Mm. there were two or three scenes where he was I don't know what he was doing it was really odd
2: yeah he's just on the verge of having had enough I think Mm. around about here he's kind of but I mean even him on half speed is still brilliant and and Mm. Jenna is is brilliant there's there's no faulting her she she does this this is this sort of wet-eyed wonderment which looks so good beside Matt Smith, who has this sort of more sort of old soul sort of thing. So she's mm. she's doing all this sense of energy outward, and he's doing all this kind of contained energy when she's looking out at the rings of Akaten the pyramid of the rings of Akaten which is of course a kind of a, a red dot on the studio wall for her mm-hmm. she's like her eyes are watering with the effort mm-hmm. of the of conveying the wonder of this which it does more so than the actual special effect mm-hmm. b- because you endlessly have those scenes where they're standing in the TARDIS door these days don't you looking out at mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. It, yeah. Yeah. it was under the, the ocean a couple of weeks back and it goes look at the majesty well, of indeed. the universe but it never really convinces they they always stood like quite tightly on the edge of a kind of a <laughs> pointing. Anyway, sorry. It's all new to me, you see. So as much, i yeah, <laughs> excited right. about it.
0: So talking about Matt Smith, I mean, he has this sort of strange bit towards the start where, I mean, I guess he's being a parody of an English tourist, but he's, he's very sort of pointy and othery, you know, talking about the different races and, and he's one of those and she's one of them and, mm-hmm. and, and, and so on. It, it, you know, it's the sort of thing that's going to get you punched probably eventually. But, but perhaps akaten that people are particularly polite, um, or they're just used to people turning up and and uh, doing that kind of thing. It, I mean, it does feel that there's a, there's a lot of here's the thing in me of Doodar with his you know special something or other. But it doesn't. There's no real context. It doesn't feel so much like it's less like world build well i'll tell you what it's like it's like those kind of terrible tolkien not uh, um things that are all about the backstory where there's absolutely no story in it it's all just a you know one thing after another after another yeah. and and this feels a bit like that they, they haven't really thought about how how we're we going to make that interesting it's just a whole bunch of gabble that sort of sort of explains it and sort of doesn't i think
4: yeah it feels like a science fiction short story to me like a big concept, a lot of thoughts going into world building, but very little into into any plot. Mm. So what you actually get presented with is fifty percent world building and fifty percent mm. getting towards a, a character stroke psychological resolution. So that's why I was interested to find out that the, I would have assumed this is all about telling us something about Clara, and mm. it turns out that if that's what Neil Cross was asked to do, it seems that he didn't. And that. yeah,
1: apparently he'd originally spent a lot of time on on the world building and the Religion of these people and fleshing all that out, and then it right. chunks had to go in favour of right. leaves.
4: Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that, that may or may not have been better. It's just it would have still been a very linear story, as you pointed out, with the, the strange. there's partly the pacing, but there's no room. I was, I was trying to work out how different that is to. Obviously, it's most like the end of the world, but all of the all of the companions have had that introduction. It becomes a trope very quickly, oh. doesn't it? That they get. The second mm. story, they go off into space, and the third one into history, but mm. I guess The Beast Below is the most, is the second mm. most similar, isn't it, to mm. an attempt to do End of the World again. But there's normally more going on, normally mm. more, more of an understanding of what the stakes are and what the Jeopardy, where the Jeopardy's going yeah, to come from, the, rather than just a quick cutaway 50%. shot of, of those three mm. strange things that are supposed to Oh, that's to right,
1: be yeah, he's menacing. The henchmen. I know, yeah,
2: they're they're, they're, they're very well done the, but but rarely mm. mentioned, there's lots of that sort of thing isn't there the head turning kind of type guardian yes, things yeah. it's a kind of regular thing and 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 i know you said you like the star wars stuff and it is it is successful in mm. that kind of as a who version there's there's enough different creatures mm. there but i tell you I, I, that sort of thing makes me want to cringe myself inside out every time Every time I see anything Star Wars, it's always like a rubbery guy going
3: okay,
4: okay,
2: okay. and then some other yeah. wobbling his head, and another one goes and then a man <laughs> says, "says it's no laughing matter, dog brain," and then <laughs> uh, and then one shoots the the other one or something, whatever. Uh, these <laughs> series yep. I mean, on yeah. on Disney that just seems to be the same thing. Every time I look at it, they're, they're oh, in the same. You mean, well, yes, rooms, um, but. It has this, so when they get to, I, I thought they were just going to be up and down that street for the story. And then, mm. then when it cuts to the amphitheatre, and they're all there together, that was my green baby mo- moment. I was like going, <laughs> I, so it is quite convincing, but they're all sat there, so sort of very primly. Mm. And, uh, and that's when my fan shame really kind of rolled in. That, that's, again, that's, that's the moment your dad would walk in.
1: and they're all singing like a church choir and you're thinking Mm. well that one barks like a dog (laughs) (laughs) normally those 12 don't have
2: mouths well I don't know him that well I'm afraid but uh, um, the thing it really reminds me of is the 2012 Olympics opening ceremony which would of course have been fresh in their minds then it's kind of the same kind of both peculiar and pompous in the same way where everyone was like going and did those feet in ancient times while someone goes around dressed as a a chimney stack or something it's that sort of (laughs) summoning the ancient power of albion it has a bit of that that feeling about it singing the song but yeah
1: i was just going to say am i being very miserable but who sits and watches that and thinks oh good a hymn is starting (laughs) and a a hymn that murray gold's written so it's not even one you've heard before and you know you like it's just some Pompous-sounding, made-up, alien hymn and just long close-ups of a little girl singing ponderous notes. It's a bold choice. Isn't that
4: the best way to, vi- to, to visualise, no, visualise, but to sum up the awe and wonder that any of us would feel when confronted with the endless, pos- infinite possibility <laughs> and beauty of the universe? <laughs> it's a little girl singing, a little girl with stripes in her face, like she's come from Star Trek, yes. singing mm. in an angelic fashion. Yeah.
2: It's also that thing, like, they've been doing it for billions of years as well. It's like, no, they haven't. You know? I don't believe in a second of this. The the two things I knew about this story before I I watched it was that there was a long song. Yeah. uh, The long song, I I knew that term, which turned Mm. out to be not very long. They don't do it for much. No. And and that there's a signature speech, which fans like to ask old doctors to do at conventions (laughs) On a ring road outside do Doncaster, to, 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 to slightly embarrassing <laughs> effects, Ooh. and I'd like to think that they also ask the new series ones to do the the speech to Gavrock from Delta that, that <laughs> all <Capaldi's laughs> these dragged up on stage at, yeah. at, at Comic Con and asked to do bits of Happiness Patrol, go on, end my life, or, <laughs> or yeah, but yeah, it's 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 seen as profound. A profound speech. My mm. view on that will come to when we get to mm. it. But preview, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um Giles, you, you
0: got something you wanted to get out there?
3: I was just thinking that I kind of feel it works. Yeah, the the Clara thing. It reminded me of okay, this is. It was very difficult to, yeah, keep track of exactly which, which Clara, and where in time we were at. And I was thinking, okay, well, this is. This does work quite nicely as a. As yes, another introduction to Clara, but we've had five of them already, or um, <laughs> to some extent, and it's um, yeah, it, you do wonder if that was quite the right place to do it. And I guess you have having, I can't remember what they had in Belle of St John* about her as a as a character. How much we actually found out about her? It
4: doesn't t- it doesn't tell us anything about her, though, does it? It, d- it tells us a fact that her mother yes. died when she was yeah. young, but it doesn't mm. explain why she talks like a character from a *Screwball Comedy*. And neither of those things tell us anything about why she's impossible and is fractured through time. So, Mm. you know, it's three pieces Mm. with three different jigsaws.
3: I hadn't enjoying this at the time when I first watched it. And then I started to, I kind of picked up on other fans' reaction and I sort of hadn't watched it since, again, since transmission. And again, I was watching this earlier and thinking, "Oh, I'm quite enjoying this." And now I'm listening to you, lost. Oh, Going oh, no. <laughs> off it again. Well, this, this <laughs> is
4: the we we've been through this a thousand times. Mm. The reason we enjoy these so much is because we have been living in the mm. in the era of the soon-to-be ex-showrunner. Yeah. And I keep looking back at these things, thinking, "Why didn't I happy? Why wasn't I happy with this at the time? Why did I
2: think this was a mediocre episode? This is mm. gold compared well, to." <laughs> Well, we're also spoiled by a glut of competence. I mean, all those monster masks are incredibly competent. The, the, mm. the, the, the great actors, Matt Smith and Jenna Coleman, amazing casting, going to go mm. on to do great things. The creature design, the, the general special effects, spacey effects are all pretty good. Um, mm. All of that, everyone is doing this, which which, which, which leaves you. And, and you sort of get that every week. You, you know, it's quite a fattening, it's quite a fattening diet. So mm. you, you, you sort of end, end up sort of picking away at, at trying, mm. to find, trying to find a healthy vegetable, <laughs> as it were. Mm. <laughs> trying to find a, 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 something at the centre mm. that you can go... I, I always have this thing with, with Doctor Who, if you're a, a lifetime fan, it's like, like anything that you love... It's, it's like a, th- a, th- a rope back through your life. Everything else, y- you have no influence in the things that change around you, your, your your friends coming and going, deaths of loved ones, the world itself. But this, this you've got this rope that goes back and it's a rope that's like, you sort of tap in like a rock climber. You, you, you put in a it, it hands there, but every now and again you need a fastening point for it and it, when you're young you've got all these great stories or things that you love and they're all these hard points where your your rope is attached but if a few years pass and you don't feel you get a point to attach it in if, if, if it doesn't give you a good like moment you can like um like when tom appears in in the museum and you're like mm. go, oh my god and you're hammering in <laughs> that's me i'm a fan again now and then you start paying out the rope again waiting for the next next one this time and the current era i kind of feel whenever everyone feels a bit negative about it they're, they're just a bit lost they're just like give me give me something to believe in give me something to mm. hang on to so you're not down and it. it's fine it's all fine <laughs> it's all fine but you just want to <laughs> something anyway yeah, that's a very extended metaphor.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't mind the singing because I guess it's a different thing. I mean, we haven't had many other stories where people sing, so I wish there was a bit more to it. I mean, I, I, as as Gav kind of suggests, there's 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 a bit of singing, and then they stop, mm. and then the plot advances a bit. I suppose there's the quite there's, the, there's a section where she sings and it causes a doorway doorway to move. So, so there, there there is a there is another thing that they use it for. But <laughs>
1: That's a neat link to Delta the, and the Bannermen. There is the singing suddenly changes its abilities yes. midway through the plot depending on requirements. Yeah,
2: they open that doorway and they just run around the corner to go to the same place outside the doorway they've just come through. <laughs> they don't. don't yeah, oh, yeah. Don't know, don't yeah. They.
0: there is that. It's
2: very like after yeah. after the amphitheater. It's like watching someone else play a computer game. Where <laughs> they've got yeah. to get stage by stage, you've got to get but the bike. The yeah. There's <laughs> very little of it. <laughs> you've got to get the bike across the thing. You've got to work out how to get the door open and hold the door mm. open. Yes. Then you have got to defeat what you think is the boss, but it isn't the boss. Mm. And then there's another yes. boss. It just it just unfolds like that as as you try to. <laughs> yes. You, you know. Yes. I,
0: I did say at the time that that uh, Sonic Screwdriver is doing a lot of literal and metaphorical heavy lifting.
2: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> very good
3: I'm just thinking going back to the structural thing sorry I'm, I'm kind of catching up on things now and that's that's sort of the 20 minute mark and I, I don't mind but I, you know that that's so it's sort of pretty much the halfway mark in the story she hits a bum note or whatever and, and then yes then it all comes off the rails I'm just trying to think with End of the World for comparison whether there is all that much mm. anything sinister because you know in the in the first half of that, because to my mind, that's what I was wondering. You have a lot of fascinating, let's meet all these weird people, and you, yeah, and and then you just, and it's only when the, when the computer suddenly goes boom. Well, it, it aren't they dishing out the, mysterious you've got the robot eggs. spiders? Yeah, yeah. yeah the spiders mm. going around. Ah, yeah. yes, you've got the spiders scuffing around, you get so you've sinister got sinister
1: undertones.
3: Some hint that there's something weird going on, haven't you? Yeah. So that's laid in earlier. Yeah, end.
1: I just, I just kind of felt adrift that there was no foreshadowing at all. Because you mm. thought the menace was going to be that the girl was being chased by two ne'er do wells, but mm. it turned out they yeah. were just her totally legitimate chaperones, <laughs> and therefore that that jeopardy appeared and disappeared in a just moment. On,
3: just on their way to take her for some human sacrifice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Must but, be Monday. You don't find out till later. Mm. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm being ungenerous and perhaps not paying attention, but I am genuinely not clear on, on the mechanics of what was going on. She was there because she had all of the stories, and therefore she had all of the soul juice to feed the monster, which was a ritual that was been going on for thousands of years. But she didn't think she was going to be sacrificed did the audience... No. Were the audience complicit? Did anyone know she was going to be sacrificed? Because it was a total surprise
0: to her. I mean, the issue is that she's... Was she not born on the same day that the old one died, mm. which, which then gives you the question of, so, so isn't there a bit of a gap then between when she's, you know, just a few oh, yeah. months old or days or whatever, when no one's, no one's available for the, to do the singing?
1: They did say they only did the singing every so
0: often, Thousand didn't they? Years.
1: Okay, okay, fair enough. Mm. So, but she then did her singing in the auditorium, but was then lifted in a teleport bubble by mm. we don't know who—the Rani, presumably. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like, uh... And then she ended up in the other place with the bloke who was already there doing some singing. Oh yes, we don't know in how course, he got it? there or what his function was. Mm. Then the Vigil turned up, and to we're told you. that the, vi- the function of the Vigil is to feed her to. Grandfather,
2: right? Is and she only seems when he to know up. about
1: the vigil. So did she know she was going to be sacrificed?
2: Is that a sort of emergency plan if the song if the song goes wrong? Yeah, that goes, and then they tell it, and are to physically throw her to him. Yeah, it seems a bit.
1: Because she says she says that they want to eat souls and um, but I thought she yeah. was there. To, sorry, it was it was just it was just too easy. I genu- I genuinely don't know what her function was, what she thought her function was, what everyone else thought her function was. Therefore, what are the stakes at any given moment? What what's trying to be avoided, right. and who's in on it?
0: Yeah. Maybe she's a t- two stage rocket or something. You know, she's got uh, in the first phase. She's there to to keep him asleep. But if he does wake up, she's then you know the. Uh, that was the it. Fuel like he was
1: he was waking up, and the the song was meant to keep him asleep, wasn't it? But then, mm. then we were told that she was meant to feed him, not keep him asleep.
2: Mm. Well, clearly the last one wasn't sacrificed because, no. cause, cause, because the day right. died only yeah. recently because she's only young. So um, mm. yeah. So it does sound like that wasn't a... It's, it's not entirely clear. Um, no, and this is why I struggle and, to. and the
3: doctor says that he's waking up anyway, doesn't he, at some point? Yeah. And then
2: it turns well, no, out
1: well, not to be the, the thing they're singing to either. So mm. there's this weird red herring of the bloke in the box... What is the what bloke is in the box? What is
2: no poor guy. He's a,
1: he's an alarm clock. Well mm. that makes
0: it perfectly clear. So I Well, I, well look he's, he's he's the star of his own story, isn't he? he this just,
2: just isn't the star <laughs> of this one. Can we watch that one? The uh <laughs> yeah, I mean she's a singer perhaps he's like, you know, he's like the manager or something or like. there in his box. Yeah, demanding <laughs> is um yeah, it's not uh, it's not Clear, and or, or even what I mean, we, we could go ask him why, why a son feeds off memory juice mm-hmm. at all with a face, yes, that sort of smiles. I mean, Big face appears the last time, yeah, this kind of emoji face. The last time I saw a son <laughs> with a face was in the Teletubbies, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm wondering if this is that one, but in old age. It starts off as like a baby, a baby son giggling at these oh, right. sort of preschool antics, yes. and eventually, in its declining years, it just needs to feed off kind of opera music, yeah. and uh, yeah. a burning red giant version of the Teletubby sun. Yeah. So, like, what, what
0: if if you don't feed it enough royal jelly anyway? Yeah, it's just <laughs> just
2: not funny anymore. That's that's what, what that is. Um, I know the doctor gives it that speech which is very much the type of speech you sort of get get in this era that sort of that puts him yes. at the centre of things. I don't know if it's just, just me. I, I always like him more as the kind of the student dropout, a kind of a, yeah. a, a hero but not a superhero. Yeah. But when he gives these speeches, it's sort of, I did this, I was there, yeah. I saw that, you know, th- all the stuff he does regularly, you know. turns out like Roger Howe
4: from the end of Blade Runner. Mm.
2: Yes, I guess it just comes, it's just so, so arrogant and it's so undignified as well. He even misreads the line. He, there's a line where he says, um, I've walked in universes where the laws of physics were devised by the mind of a madman. He does. He does. I noticed a, that. a madman, and you think that's really that really kills that at the end. Not not a madman. I wanted to watch some of the YouTube versions t- to see if it was done right by Colin or Sylvester, <laughs> 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 um, which would be the great the great irony. But um, and then it doesn't even work, as you said.
1: Yeah, it really falls flat. The idea that. I mean, it's it, it, it's again, it's another sci-fi cliche, isn't it? It's overloading the master brain, and you just put too much stuff in that it wants. And this and, is Neil and, Cross's. A, Neil a Cross is win. not a
4: science fiction person. That's his.
1: Uh, that this is supposed to be yeah. the end. This is supposed to be the Doctor's yeah. superhero. Just, moment. It, it wants it then, wants memories. The Doctor's got too much of that, so it it mysteriously just contracts into nothing. But then the, the Doctor stops. I don't know remembering things too soon, and it. Puffs back up, completely negating the last five minutes, including the pompous speech, everything's back to status quo, and then Clara turns up with a leaf yeah,
2: perhaps it feeds off melodrama, perhaps it's not it's not stories and everything, perhaps it's just again bathos it's just yeah. she turns up and sometimes you feel sorry for an actor, don't you? she's standing there with that unconvincing leaf which. Is a she's leaf. Wobbling in it's twice hat. the
1: size of the leaf yeah. that hit her dad in the face. Yeah.
2: She's wobbling it in her hand to try and draw attention to it a little bit, I, and mm. and she has to say, "This is the most important leaf in human history," which is quite a line <laughs> for anyone.
4: Yeah, mm. to say,
2: and then suddenly, it's at that point the sun goes, "Oh, absolutely, I've had enough of this. <laughs> That's enough. You really, really that puts the tin hat on it for me. Thank you very much, <laughs> Clara and her <laughs> leaf, and again." Yeah. It, that's not very modest to say that It's the leaf... a wafer thin mint. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> what it is. Would say like a wafer it thin is. leaf.
1: It is. <laughs> there's, a, there's a load of ADR as well on that that cuts away to the doctor as she starts saying, Oh, my mum, if she hadn't died, think of all the potential stuff and the, the life she would have lived yeah. and all of the things. And then it cuts to the doctor who reiterates the same point.
0: Right. It's, it's a shame, really, that no one has thought to tell it a story before because, you know, if, if, if the thing that it can't. Cope with is the possibility, you know. I mean, then then fiction is gonna is gonna really floor it, isn't mm. it, compared with uh, reality? Should
2: have got one of those uh, choose your own adventure books and read that to him. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah, like you're in the city port of traps. Will you fight the goblin or or go to the tavern? And then the son would have been like giggling, <laughs> would have been delighted by the by the impossible possibilities of the impossible woman, whatever. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And then also, I mean, the, the other the other um, uh, analogy that this occurs to me is with um, the Aztecs, because I mean, basically, Clara is trying to stop the human sacrifice from happening in the same way that Barbara tries to stop it from happening. And of course, the Doctor steps in in the Aztecs. In in this one, uh, you know, the Eleventh Doctor is definitely aiding and abetting. So, so I guess the story here is that you can. You can change quite a lot of history, as so long as it's not your history. But I, I suppose we've learned that anyway in the course of the series. If it if it's set before the date of transmission, you can't change it.
4: If it's afterwards, <laughs> right. on or after, you can. Everybody knows this. do not need to be, yeah. to be facetious.
1: Where did I see the other day? Somebody somebody tweeted an idea that said um, they should set a Doctor Who story in the past and meet a historical figure, and the Doctor, as the Doctor is prone to do these days shouts a brief biography in their face as to who they are (laughs) Mm. Uh, but but leaves the viewer thinking oh this again as as often happens these days this is a historical character I'm not familiar Mm. with and then at the end of that story the Doctor accidentally erases them from history and that's why we don't know who they are somebody tweeted that Mm. that's that's a decent idea you shouldn't be chucking that out on Twitter (laughs) no (laughs)
2: yeah Get £320 for that <laughs> 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 on the market today. <laughs> so what happens, Giles, if a sun vanishes from the centre of its rings? <laughs> what happens uh, to the rings and then the planets Planets around? Well, do you do imagine they, it. Just gen- gently fly off into... Is it better well, or worse than if there's a giant... Uh, dragon in e- in a moon you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh god can they, can they balance uh, out in one star system if you lay a moon egg at the same time as the <laughs> no. the sentient sun vanishes does it
3: oh, they cut they cut away slightly before we and we never see anything that happens really afterwards no. it's just a bit of an annoyance that, that you feel like there should be a closing scene there to kind of put a bow on it and yeah you don't and the, the way they cut away you think well is it collapsing into a black hole or you know, or what's happening to it? Is it just what kind of faces
4: are pulling at the end? Well, yeah, Does
3: uh... it look constipated.
2: <laughs> it should be going no. <laughs> it's got eye closed, it... tongue out. I think. Mm. <laughs> 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 Poor emoji. <laughs> mm.
1: If when they die, they just collapse in on themselves. Well, that's if the, thing. the Same mass. Yeah. Would it not c- carry on as normal?
3: Pretty much. Yes. If yeah. it was if you... small,
2: over but sad, over R <laughs> squared.
3: If it's if it's small but sad, yeah, then it's um then it's should... but it's not putting out <laughs> any heat presumably uh, yeah, well, that's the other thing I saw they relying on the on the radiation from the star for for heat I wasn't and, even, heat even clear light. whether it was
1: a star or a planet, oh yeah, that's true,
3: yeah, I do not know Because see... it's
1: burning, isn't it it's mm. like burning yes. hot it looks like mm. a it looks like a sun, but the doctor keeps saying this is the planet where all life evolved, but it, mm. you know it's got a ring system, I don't know what they. Right. Yeah. Okay. At.
2: They seem to live on different rocks in the ring rather than different Yeah, planets, that that there, was the
1: other they? thing I that, that frustrated me about the ending is is Clara's in the auditorium watch and it's a, it's as if she's watching the doctor but the doctor cannot be in her line of sight. Mm. So it's just mm. sort of edited really clunkily as if to suggest that somehow she knows what's going on whether there's a monitor screen just off to the side. Mm-hmm. Because if he's doing his bit uh in that chamber where the chair was, and she has to get on a moped and fly to meet him at the last minute, but she's watching the whole thing in the auditorium as if he's six feet in front of her and it's just it's just cut in a way that we're not supposed to notice that she cannot possibly be watching what he's doing hmm. and just yeah the geography of it and the the muddiness of it all makes it hard to uh, know what you're rooting for and then with a the big speech part on top. I you just start to drift away from it emotionally.
2: No, it's a bit much to make fun about thing about the reality of what happens when a star disappears in in the context of all this sort of non- nonsense. But this is a show which is liked and that children who are kind of scientifically minded are kind of drawn to. And I think mm. I, I think ordinary I hate to use the "ordinary members," but no, no, a lot of people know a lot of stuff about how planets work, mm. and, you know. And it's all very well to do this kind of magical, sort of endings and stuff mm-hmm. like this, but but I do think it does it does in its way erode the whole thing. You have to have a certain kind of bedrock yeah. of the rules of space, absolutely. Or else it's it's just all nonsense. It it, it all just falls yeah. apart if the centre doesn't hold. This is the thing, and this is the objection
1: I've had to, uh, I mean, we joked about Day of the Moon, but I, I get deeply frustrated with this notion that, oh, it's Doctor Who, anything can happen. Mm. So, uh, well, okay, it, then why doesn't the Doctor just defeat the baddie with with his laser eyes? Because anything can happen. Mm. Just, just do anything because it's science fiction. Mm. You've got to have a set of rules, and that's structure of storytelling rather than science fiction. You, you just introduce the idea that that yeah. like, yeah, planets... Can just do whatever and the moon can hatch out and it's a dragon, and don't don't think about it because it's just science fiction or it's just a kid's show or any of these half-assed things. That's bad storytelling. That's not being anal about science. Amidst all of the fantasy nonsense that we are accepting and accustomed to in Doctor Who, if the mechanics of astronomy come up in some mundane way that it should be moderately respected and then you can build your science fantasy stories around it. But just chucking the laws of physics out the window, it doesn't become the world that we recognise. It's as as jarring as as characters behaving weirdly.
5: Hmm.
3: Yeah, it it grates with me just mostly, you know, usually I'm happy to take my my science brain off the hook for most Doctor Who, but the thing that always grates with me is where I can just see that there was one line they could have added or you know or or you know there was something they cut that just failed to explain and yeah it would have been you know because because making you know because coming up with it's it's just like you know fanon kind of stuff just coming up with nerdy science explanations that sound borderline plausible is a fun aspect of things really you know and just keeps it that bit closer to reality and as you say Gav, i think I think that's the point that it, it should count as much as just in terms of actually keeping some kind of foot in the world someone can recognize it should count as much as character work and things like that
0: we've 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 stopped laughing now i i noticed <laughs> uh, it, um, there you go <laughs> we've, 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 we've we've got quite serious about this haven't we? pondering the infinite um, aren't we? yes mm. well i mean and and, and and i suppose pondering the infinite i mean it's interesting that that um There's sort of seven or eight different sentient races here, but they all only have one religion. I mean, I guess if there's one thing we've learned on our own planet is that we've only got one sentient race and uh, we've got a hell of a lot of religions. And and in fact, even, you know, something like Christianity in this country, there's probably about 200 different versions of that. I mean, they're doing pretty well, I think, to all get together behind... This one ceremony.
2: Well, if your son has a face on it, you might have, have a more targeted, <laughs> targeted <laughs> view of what you're going to worship. You know, you may all get behind that yeah. sort of thing. Better worship him. That's a fair you know. point. I mean, does it qualify as a
1: religion? <laughs> yeah. If somebody goes, well, wow, what, what evidence do you, do you have? <laughs> have you seen the face? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> you yeah,
0: it's not so much faith, I see what you're yeah. saying.
2: <laughs> Crouch End Festival Chorus I saw on the end credits that really made me laugh oh, I don't yes. know why it's it's like <laughs> it's like something out like around the horn I just <laughs> and it like And there's this opera being sung to keep a, a son happy and it says well thanks um, to the the Crouch End Festival Chorus Ah <laughs> uh, yes <laughs> um, I, I found that I found that amusing
3: Yeah rang a bell with me cuz I on the Divine Comedy album Fantasy Right Oops. Perhaps, hit, Perhaps yes. that
2: all links links up through because there's connections with with that, isn't it, Neil Hannon? And
3: yes, yes. Neil Hannon, and Joby Talbot. I think they all hang out together in
2: some form or other. Yes. Random fact: Jenna Coleman and I attended the same school in Blackpool, fifteen years apart. All right. Um, I was head boy and she was head girl, so there there is a board at the school with both our names on the same list. Me and Jenna Coleman. <laughs> which is <Well>. Quite odd. <laughs> And Clara's mum in this is played by an actress, Nicola Thorpe, who would be a regular Mm. in Corrie a few years later. And she was also at the Mm. same school. She was was two years behind Jenna and she had all the lead roles after she left. She was like the next star theatre girl. And all of us had the same drama teacher. As did Ian Levine, who also attended the same school, oh, right. but before me, and Peter Purvis as well. So I think it may be the only sco- oh school. Good I think it may be oh, yeah. the only school to have had two companions out of it.
3: That is um, one hell of a genealogy.
2: Clearly, on some sort of Doctor Who hellmouth <laughs> of some kind, of which I am the least player on the board. <laughs> Ian Levine did drama less. Ian Levine, oddly enough, I I got this kind of old, the the old Arnoldians newsletter a few years ago, and there was a feature about Ian in there. And Ian, it was fascinating to see that his obsessions, he's obsessed with other aspects of his life, as he is with who. He'd organised a reunion at the school for his year group, and in full Ian style, he organised everything. (laughs) He brought back the teachers to teach a full day of classes. And 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 everyone had to come back, and and they had the to go, I
3: just want to sit under me blankets And he really
2: specified the PE kits everyone was going to wear, <laughs> as well. In there, everyone is getting all his old school friends back in their fifties and forcing them into short shorts. <laughs> and that's honestly. And I was reading this article like, this is a weird. This, this is, <laughs> Did you have to buy a big
4: bag around at the end right?
2: of it? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you feel like you're in a bit of a soap opera, and the, the, these characters are just—I mean, they all anyway.
3: Yeah. And then, he, then he sat them down and made them watch this reconstruction of the nightmare <laughs> <laughs> fair. Uh, uh, uh,
2: bless him. So yeah, there you go. What else I got? Nothing else. <gasps> H.P. Got Lovecraft. Got nothing. Oh yes, Why yeah.
1: I know, I know nothing about H.P. Lovecraft, but that's where Akka 10 comes from.
0: Mm. Oh, right.
4: Oh, it sounds Egyptian. Oh, they didn't really do it justice. It did I'm come up with sure some it, more, interi- the name, more exciting than their son with a face, I think.
2: Hmm. Oh, is it supposed to be like a, like a great old one, kind of eldritch? I think, yes. That's yeah.
4: very big in the New Adventures, wasn't it? They, they just explained away all the... Um, yeah, well, Fenric, all the Fenric, great intelligence. All, all, those, all the gods were supposed to be Lovecrafting, weren't they? Hmm. And the Celestial right. Toymaker and... Everybody. But he's obviously an eternal, so what right. if they know? Has he got
2: tentacles mm-hmm. on the side then? Has he got kind of Eldritch tentacles? <laughs> <No>. that's, <laughs> that's why he wears the,
4: the garb of a mandarin.
2: That's <laughs> his <laughs> drag name at uh, uh, the weekend Eldritch Tentacles. <laughs> well, yes. <then> you
6: never...
3: <laughs> well you never Well you never you never see under his cloak, so possibly he's uh, Yeah possibly he's behaving a bit like all the um, colony surf. Yeah, he might glide around just... Sneaking
1: along under there. I just repeated that fact without checking it. Oh. I can't find any evidence that uh, mm. is anything to do with HP
0: Lovecraft. It, it, it's it's a bit like that <laughs> uh, Moffat quote, isn't it, about more doctors than ever before. <laughs> I mean, every, every, everyone thinks he said it, but nobody can find out where. Uh...
1: All this page says is it was an homage to both the unknowable alien gods depicted in the macabre stories of H.P. Lovecraft and the anthropomorphized moon in A Trip to the Moon. Mm. But elsewhere, I read that that name comes from H.P. Lovecraft, but the eight, eight seconds of Googling suggests that. Torture.
2: Oh, I'll tell you one I'm random thing that annoyed me that should have been caught in the script edits. The, mm. the, the Doctor refers to it as the grandfather for a while, this mm. god. Mm. In the one story where he refers to himself in passing as having been there with his granddaughter yep. and it really sounds like the first time I've seen it, it really sounded like those two mm. things were going to be a thing that this granddaughter, they've got to be linked, you yeah. so the word? incongruous and, and I thought, well, yep. you just, just get your little scissors in there and snip snip, yep. snip mm.
1: that out because mm. mm. the, the calling the creature the grandfather was, was an irrelevance, if they were that in love with the little reference to Susan then just yeah. change the name of the creature Very to something odd. else, and was the
2: grandfather the one in the box or is the grandfather the son I, uh, they I, I was changed their right minds there. halfway through.
1: <laughs> they, they thought it was the one in the box where it turned out to be the, the planet slash sun, mm. yeah. I think.
0: But yeah, totally agree with you. Yeah. What, what's up with the TARDIS translator? Yeah.
4: So why why oh, does the dog feature sound point. like a dog? Doesn't be because it wouldn't seem like Star Wars <laughs> if, yeah, uh, if it worked.
2: Uh, yeah. Fair enough.
4: Am I just, is it just me? Is that the worst thing about the Mandalorian, that the aliens all talk English now? It makes it feel more like Star Trek. They're supposed to chatter and talk nonsense. Anyway, sorry, error. It's the single worst thing of, out of mm. many.
0: Uh, well, okay, I've, I, I've yet to yet to watch it. Also, Clara is very convinced that the TARDIS doesn't like her. Uh, I mean, it, could it not just be that the Doctor's locked the door? Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> like Like <laughs> every other time.
1: Well, it makes a kind of <laughs> zing noise, so okay. that explains everything. Right. Fair enough. Did it? But she rattles on the door and she looks at it and they play that annoying... Zing noise, and then she goes, Oh, it doesn't like me.
2: Is that like the deadbolt going on at the back at the time? (laughs) Putting it on the latch. A link between these two stories is that they both have a moment where the doctor goes, I think I might have miscalculated. I might have. Got it wrong. It's, ah, it's, it's, it's a small yeah, thing, but, but both go. Ah, he just goes. Uh, no. He just has ha, has a moment. And, I was
4: thinking, uh, it remembers the Daleks, but you're
2: yes. But, but he does do. Uh, he says, I like think I might have gone a little too. A little far. too far. Yeah. yeah yes, that's oh yeah, miscalculated yeah. is 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 a little too far. But but he kind of just goads yeah. it, goads it, and then um goads the villain, and then uh, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. They've both got uh, bikes slash mopeds. Yep. Yep. That was another Star Wars reference injected by the producer, Marcus Wilson, I think. Um, All right. A reference to Return of the Jedi, the speeder bikes, mm.
2: and Return of the Jedi. They're more Flash Gordon than anything. The the, the mopeds. It does have a shot yes. of her hanging off the, the doctor's back on the bike, which we've just mm. had in the previous stories as, as well. So it's yes, uh, it's it's true. A bit Odd. One of those things yeah. that you get. It's it's a nasty prop that that bike, isn't it? It's a bit bit mm. of a bit of a. Yes. a, bit of a I remember
1: ending. my memory of the time was that it was it was extremely embarrassing, but I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't hate that scene this this time. No,
3: I, I remember that as well. That that seemed to be something that people ripped into for some reason yeah. that that particular mm-hmm. shot. And I thought, well, okay, it might not be the best effect, but considering the amount of considering the amount of stuff they're throwing at the screen in this one, mm-hmm. vi- in terms of visual, mm-hmm. all of these yeah, all nice. of these aliens, I and mean, it's quite quite a good quite a lot of good mm-hmm. kit bashing going on with the aliens. You know, it can be quite fun yeah. I I think spotted I spotted The the hoiks with a, a something new else, yes.
1: Thing stuck on like a like a half. It had a half bleeding after it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And some of the aliens from End of the World mm. the ones with the big hoods. Right. Mm. They didn't have hoods this time.
2: Yeah. Hot pileen.
1: Yeah. Mm. That's it. My that
2: eye was. my eye was drawn by the one who seemed to be trying to sell a fire extinguisher. He kept doing. <laughs> <laughs> you see him two or three times. He's just holding up this fire extinguisher, going "Buy my fire extinguisher." <laughs> um, I, I, and each time you see him, you can't not see him.
5: Um, mm. So
1: I like the people who had a completely oval face that was just full of flashing lights. Mm. It, it's just so visually exciting and just so hilariously preposterously pointless. You just think, what what <laughs> function? <Yeah. laughs> what civilization do these people have? Can you buy all Maybe of these
2: as little as little figures? Have they all been done? You can buy by the,
1: the you can buy the vigil because I sculpted that okay. for the Doctor Who figurine oh, wow. collection.
2: It's another three three hundred twenty pounds. pounds. <laughs>
0: uh, the, um, the, the songs in both stories actually are part of you know form part of the story. So you get I mean. I, I mean, among other things, I suppose you get Why Do Fools Fall In Love, which is actually, you know, Billy trying to win over Delta, and then you've got the long song in this one uh, and the the thing that opens a doorway. So, mm. uh, yes, I mean, they, they, they perform mm. uh, more than one function, I suppose.
1: Non-diagetic.
3: Is it non-diagetic or is it diegetic is no, it It's digestic music yeah. if it's actually yeah. in right. the world. Yeah.
1: I always get them mixed up. Once I learned that word I mm. dropped it into conversation mm. casually as, as <laughs> I could. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it, I mean, also both stories have more than one alien civilization, which you don't necessarily always get.
3: Mm-hmm. True. Um, Child actors,
0: yes, if we, if absolutely. Have done that, mm-hmm. yes. Who, 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 who sing? Mm-hmm.
1: Both with extremely good uh, prosthetics. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they haven't ever been revisited. I think both of them. No one's, no one's gone back and. And used any of this rich territory? Mm. I I'll tell you what the Malcolm Colster feels like. That feels like it's heading towards that comic book company that buys up that's that's done the Happiness Patrol and things. Mm. The mm. one done by um, oh by yes. by Gareth Cavena and uh, mm. the Omega yeah. and everything else. You kind of feel there's going to be some some Banner Men comics coming mm. soon. <laughs> mm. If it can be done, it will be done. That's the Doctor Who world. That's Mm. that's the way Doctor Who works, if you wait long enough. Yeah. We've got
0: the moment in both stories where a couple falls in love, I I suppose. I mean, or or maybe Delta's just exerting an influence over Billy, but uh, um,
2: yes, Clara's parents as well. Yeah. Through the power of nature, in one, the song of a bee, in the other, the fall of a leaf. (laughs) (laughs) Fall of a... um, leaf. (laughs) Leaf. Yeah. So to the leaf? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's, it's a leaf you could imagine that done as like a page of a newspaper or something as well but it's just Yes, it's, it's very odd that. Oh, I can't. I'm just, i will just I'll be run yes. around but the leaf's in my face. My, my, just,
0: <laughs> my vision is and, in, my vision is impaired. I can't see. Such an odd <laughs> choice.
2: Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It's a leaf. laughs> yeah. Or like a bird flies into his face, which would be ironic with Clara's (laughs) ending. (laughs) Opens this book and produces a kind of flattened, flattened rook. (laughs) So it goes, the most important, important rook in history. Um, well, in a uh, second, yeah. If it was in Blackpool, it would have been like a chip paper or like <laughs> someone's someone's or a someone's someone's foil from their crack pipe would have been on his face. <laughs> Should have been keeping that forever. That would be more. That'd be more Blackpool. Were, were they always in Blackpool? Did, did did they just move there? I don't know. There's lots of references to Blackpool. Is all of her houses in Blackpool in the future? The odd thing about Clara is 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 now we finally meet one Clara. And it is the Uber Clara, or whatever. Is even she seems to be twenty different people. She's, she's a, a yes. childminder. She's an English mm, teacher. Yes. She lives in a big house. She lives in a flat. She does Christmas with her family. She, she does. You'd never quite pin her down mm. for that.
0: And, and and she's a bit like Dodo as well. You know, she she starts out with a northern accent, and then it seems to fade a bit over time. I mean, I, I don't know. I suppose we all.
2: Hey, up, love. We all, we all done that. We all no, that <laughs>
1: <laughs> She lives on the Powell Estate for a period of time because she comes out the same block of flats as Rose, doesn't she? Yeah.
0: Oh, right. Oh, gone.
2: She's such a copy, that girl. She's so determined. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, the other odd thing as well is she is rightly sort of furious or or rightly sort of slightly disturbed that the Doctor has gone back and visited mm. that that he was in that right. playground at that time, but she never goes. I'd love to see me mum. Can we go and see her? It's, which would be the natural thing to do if you'd lost a parent. I think. I think it'd be the first thing I'd want to go and do in a TARDIS is go and visit my my lost loved ones. But but she just like goes, oh well, forget that then. Let's go home. It, I
0: mean, it's interesting also. I think so. So building on that point, so in Father's Day. The doctor's very clear they really oughtn't to sort of, you know, they can stand and watch, they oughtn't really get involved. But but in this one, you know, the, the doctor's quite happy to start sort of, <laughs> you know, running up and asking, you know, Clara's name and so on. Mm. You know, it feels, I mean, I don't, uh, yeah, it feels like he's tempting fate a wee bit there. Mm.
2: Yeah, the whole thing about, isn't she, isn't there a thing later where she's sent to join him by Missy? In the first place, Clara and the Doctor meet, oh meet because it's of that. the woman in the, oh, shop. the, woman in the shop. Yeah, the woman so, in the shop. Yes. That's just in in the story before this, and then Missy mm. refers to it a bit later in, in kind of Capaldi time, but it's never quite. So, so Clara yeah. is it is completely bonded to the Doctor's timeline, but is also sent there. I I never quite squared that either. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps someone can write in. Mm-hmm. Do you have a? Did <laughs> Did you have a letters page? Uh, <laughs>
1: We, we have, yeah, a, I mean, we have we, a scornful reviewing system. <laughs> 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 sorry about that, yes. boys. <laughs>
0: occasionally, to explain that, being a very, uh, very occasionally, we get a reviewer on on Apple Podcasts, and they're about equally divided of people saying how fantastic we are, and others saying how um, we we can't help making strange noises or um,
2: <laughs> yeah, even when or
0: sounding f- like sa- sounding like we read the Guardian. Yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah.
2: Oh, but what if
4: not eating crisps all the way through and they still complain?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, anyway, uh, Gav, this, this must be good.
1: Does Clara know the exact details of how her parents met with her mum saving her dad's life? She does. Because is that clever, question mark, parallel with the death of Danny Pink, who was killed, carelessly stepping into a road without a leaf hitting him in the face. That's
2: <laughs> no. That's true. <laughs> no, I didn't think it was. Where was the, le- Where was was the leaf then when we needed it? Them, well, that's it. The, <laughs> them trees again. It was a witty Unreliable be... trees that are never rare yeah. when you need them. Yeah.
1: No, it suddenly occurred to me. I think that's,
0: a, that's an accidental parallel, isn't
2: it?
1: Yeah, uh,
0: um, ironically, almost immediately after in the Forest of the Night as well. Yes. <laughs> was it? And you think yeah. that'd be... Yeah. Tons of leaves, leaves blowing <laughs> around. Yeah, if they exactly. just stuck to the laws of physics, but <laughs> no. is that the no. one he
1: gets? No,
2: he doesn't get run over in that one. No,
0: no, it's just, but it's a story after yeah. that.
2: That's weird as well. This Akaten is quite is is very linked to to the trees one, isn't it? It is that magical realism time that the trees can come and mm. and occupy all of London and then, but the concrete's all fine. And you just have to kind of go with it. It's it's odd though we, we we do choose our fights, don't we? With these things, it's quite it's quite easy target stuff. When if like the TARDIS drags Earth back <laughs> into its orbit from having been stolen oh, by the by Davros, we we we're kind mm. of fine with that because it's all <laughs> because because all the gang's doing it.
0: <laughs> My suspicion is that we actually quite enjoyed it, but uh, but we've, we've we've got quite cross because of. of you yes, certain features in it
2: yeah I, I I enjoyed Rings of Akaten having not it was entirely new to me it was much better than the reputation that had preceded it I found it very pleasant company I was thrilled to be with Matt Smith again it, it felt like a lovely warm mid-season bit of fun but mm-hmm. you know that's too short a thing to say on a podcast. You've got to get into them. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to get into the other bits. Um, yeah, this is yeah. It. yeah. It, it was great. It was great.
1: Watching it, thinking thinking of things to talk about versus watching it, thinking, yes, yeah. this is really yeah. decent bit of. TV. And there's no point in
2: being cruel about Delta either because it's so well meant and mm. um, well done within the powers that they had. It's well shot. The script the script. It, it's it's not scintillating stuff but it's all clear and everyone is moved around everyone's got a little bit to do both of them lovely yeah you know but, but just we, uh, just but, weird and, and, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> they're both, they're both and, so weird
0: and and over five million people would agree with you because you know, all of those episodes got more than five million viewers on the night <laughs> right mm.
1: right are you, are you trying to make a point there of some kind? Because I can't. I, 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 I just noticed
2: that
0: that, that was
1: those just, were the views just random figures. numbers. Right. Yeah, yeah. What was the audience appreciation number for ten Out of interest. Oh no idea. Out of ten. That's a
2: out of ten. <laughs> ten out of ten. <laughs> ten <akaten. laughs> Uh right.
3: Eighty-four.
2: Well, that's pretty good. It's quite a That's number. pretty good, isn't it? Number. Yeah. Mm. No, That's good.
0: I always find it very hard to take those numbers seriously i mean i don't
2: know it's they once came around our house all right the ratings people who did Mm -hmm. the audience appreciation things to to survey the whole family and and interviewed us all about what we'd watched and wrote it all down into one of those reports but i was i was young and i was gutted at the time because you're only allowed to talk about things that are on that week and it was out of season for Doctor Who because I, yeah, no I was literally, I was literally as like a nine year old child willing, ready to do my bit <laughs> to go in yes. and give it a golden <laughs> review, whatever it was, like und- Underworld yeah. Part Three or whatever. I was like going to go in we're go <laughs> gonna hundred, go hundred, 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 do my bit, but it wasn't on so I wasn't allowed to, to talk about it so I, I sucked and, and didn't talk about anything at all.
3: Those classic audience responses from like nineteen sixty four Doctor Who has got very silly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah.
0: great. Okay, well look, well look. I mean, thanks, Gary, for joining us. Thanks, all of you, for your thoughts on uh, on these two stories. Uh, certainly, I, I, I think we've given, we've given our listeners plenty to um, to chew over and think about. And yeah, you know, if you've got any theories. Uh, out there on on what's going on, that, uh, or if you think we've got it all wrong, you know, by all means, um, write in and tell us, and and uh, and then we'll know. And if you like what we do, then you know you could always go and contradict those people on, on Apple Podcasts who say that we make strange noises and sound a bit too posh. I don't know quite what you're thinking about. Uh, <laughs> whoever said that? We we're just ordinary blokes, aren't we? We're just we're just, just normal innocent,
3: innocent men. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And you never know, we may well be back in a month to talk about two more. In the meantime, I guess it's time to say goodbye. So, uh, so long and we'll see you soon.
1: Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Here's to the future.
0: (laughs) Bye. I think I think I think I've set a new low for an outro. It would never, never be very convincing, but that was
2: that was worse than most, I think. Sliding Can someone out. tell me what the innocent man thing is? Oh, well, I asked oh, earlier. Yeah.
0: Uh, Sorry, yeah. it's um,
3: it's hacker, hacker the dog from CBBC, right? With his, I don't know, I don't know what the context was, but him and his the presenter girl. Goodness.
0: Here's a clip from my other podcast. Hello and welcome to If It's Hurting It's Not Working, our podcast all about work, why we work, how we work and what makes a great job.
6: In this episode our theme is going to be around money and how that intertwines with mental health and how it also plays a part in the role of our working lives.
0: So I wanted to talk about an occasion when I found myself in a debt spiral and and I guess there were two things that I think were that were going on. The first was I was burying my head Did, just didn't really want to think about it i hear about situations like this from other people too the bill comes in you don't really don't want to look at it you stick it in a drawer forget about it and because it's being settled by a direct debit you know it's not like that's a, a fatal situation but it just means that the sum that you're that you're in debt is, is going up and up but there's also shame involved there's a thing in our society i think that says you ought to be able to cope with this stuff if you're an adult And once you're in a bit of a mess, you don't really want to have to admit to anyone that that's the situation. And I've talked previously also about having grown up in a society that sort of sees men as providers, that not being able to provide for your family feels like a failure as well. That's the story of how I got into the situation.
6: It's really interesting, isn't it? Because I expect there's thousands and thousands of people out there that have been in the same situation at that point in their lives where we went into a massive recession and and I think the thing about that is that it's it's not through any fault of your own either yet it can still bring so much shame to the situation because you without being the stereotypical putting labels on genders but the man does tend to feel a lot of pressure to be the person that's the sole breadwinner, bringing in the money, paying the bills, supporting his family and providing for them. Mm. So there's no wonder that that brings so much pressure and, like you say, you use the word shame there, upon yourself because you feel like, in a way, I guess you you were failing mm-hmm. to do what you needed to do.
0: When I was a boy, generally, if you, if you were in work and you were earning, you would have enough to cope with the bill's life through at you so long as, as your expectations are realistic
5: mm-hmm.
0: but I, but I think increasingly that's not the case I think increasingly you can find yourself in a situation where you don't have enough coming in to, to meet your expenditure not because you're, you're you're spending in a profligate manner not because you are you, you have unrealistic expectations but just because of circumstance just because of of prices going up really don't be don't be ashamed and don't be afraid to reach out for help. If you need help from places like food banks, it's absolutely no shame. It's one of those things. And take the help that's offered and then maybe in a few years time, you'll it'll, it'll be on your foot and you'll be able to offer help to somebody yourself. But yeah, take the help when it's offered and don't be too proud.